Beyond Sin 387. Hello, this is God. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Today I would like to personally acknowledge Mike Erdel, Dinner Dog, Brandon Decker, Johnny Five, and Albion Algorithm. Thank you. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. We are continuing Andy's Playlist Warehouse. I'm Andy, and the Playlist Warehouse is full of music that I've wanted to play everybody all year and didn't have a chance to do, and we're talking to awesome patrons and listeners of Beyond Synth. So let's just get this one started right away, okay? I am joined right now by awesome patron of Beyond Synth, a really cool guy. He goes by Tiber83. How's it going, man? Pretty good, Andy. How are you i'm great so tiber 83 is your given name is that correct uh, i wasn't born with it but somewhere <laughs> along the line i i ran with it and you like to stream games on twitch is that correct is that what you do i do i'm an avid gamer been doing it since i was about eight years old and i mostly play on pc steam primarily and i'm a bit of a collector you would say at this point not just a regular gamer because i have uh, probably over 2400 titles on steam Ooh. i got a little bit of a backlog that being said, you know, I play a lot of different games. I, I guess you would classify me as a variety streamer. Just a small fry in the, the wide world of streamers, but it's a lot of fun. I just do it for fun and throw various games up and just have a blast with anybody who's watching. Yeah, next year I'm going to save money because I spent too much on games this year. So, so my plan is to tackle my back catalog. Unless Nintendo releases a remaster of Mario 3, I'm, I might consider that because I heard that rumor. Ooh, That would be interesting if they did that it would be cool if they just did the original trilogy like they did on the super nintendo absolutely yeah they just dropped uh super mario rpg as well that remake that looks really good have you ever played the original i haven't but i think next year while i'm in money saving mode i might just play the original because my understanding is the remake is pretty faithful so if the core gameplay is relatively the same maybe i'll just play the original one yeah the there is Absolutely nothing wrong with the original. It was made by Squaresoft before they uh, teamed up with Enix and became you know, Square Enix. So, yeah, it was along the lines of the old Final Fantasy games. It was a little more dumbed down, you know, for the Nintendo... Well, I don't want to say the Nintendo crowds... Yeah, I'm, getting, I'm digging myself into a hole here. Anyway, <laughs> it was more easily accessible for the various crowds that played Nintendo games back then. So it wasn't as complex, I think, as Final Fantasy, right? But it was a lot of fun, and I would easily play it again in a heartbeat. I never played RPG. I did play Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, mm-hmm. and that game was awesome. Like, I really enjoyed that one, and I know that that's the kind of the sequel 
or at least the first two Paper Mario games, because then like the third one was just sort of a platformer with really long cutscenes you had to sit through. So it was like it's got like the dialogue of the Paper Mario games, but then none of the RPG style gameplay. So it was just like a really tedious game. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion on that. I would, I would agree. But look, listen, I want to listen to some music and then we'll keep chatting. So I got one here from VIQ from the album Coastline. This is Hurricane. <laughs>
And that was V.I.Q. with Hurricane from the album Coastline. And we're in Andy's Playlist Warehouse. I got so many awesome songs to play and so many cool people to chat to, like Mr. Tiber83. We're chatting right now about some classic video games and streaming. Yes, we are. I'm going to tell you something. I don't enjoy streaming. That's it. <laughs> I kind of got that notion when I watched you last. You were playing some Starfield with Mr. John Space. It's because I like games and I don't want to talk. That's the time I have to relax is when I play video games. I lay on the couch and then when you're streaming, you kind of have to talk. And I just feel like since I talk all day, like on the podcast and I'm constantly like editing my own voice and stuff like mm-hmm. the video games is my time to not do that. Right. I hear you. It's a balance, and it takes some time to kind of get used to that sort of thing. And I guess I have to apologize for all the text I threw at you on those streams. <laughs> That's normally how they do it on stream, so I you know, wasn't sure if you were accustomed to that. But it's hard to stay balanced with that sort of thing. You know, I don't stream all the time. There's days where I just want to play, and I enjoy it regardless. But there's days I just, you know, don't want to talk. And I just want to get zoned into my game. And that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you got you got to have that. I got sensitive because I liked playing games where I, I'm at the point where there's like the muscle memory. You know what I mean? So like I can play Tetris mm-hmm. and stream or whatever, but things like that. Yeah. But then I remember getting some comments from people like, play a different game. And I'm like, but if I have to think about the game I'm playing, then I can no longer be entertaining because then I'm in thinking about the game mode like when i was playing starfield i just kept getting lost because i I was like not thinking about the map like i'm trying to think of funny things to say and then when it came time to leave the room i'm like where the fuck's the door again like this hallway this map kind of wraps around itself and starfield to be fair is a little weird with its maps i'm assuming in like a year they'll patch it so there's maps but (laughs) since there isn't it's really odd because even when you went into like caves and like oblivion and shit they'd give you like a top-down view so right you knew where you were and then in starfield it's like they just give you this weird screen of like little tiny dots and like an arrow and a marker and it's like what like i'm in a building like give me the blueprint yeah i ran into that too in my run and it was very confusing overall so yeah it's definitely a game that you know kind of requires a lot more attention to it and it is hard to go back and forth with everyone and keep everyone entertained and all that stuff so i, I totally get it since i'm going to be saving money on games <laughs> and if they want to turn everything into a fucking live service i'm like fine then mortal Kombat. i will play the stupid invasions mode once a month and i'm just going to keep doing it i'm not going to give them any more money and i'll just keep on playing these stupid invasion modes and unlock shitty costumes and i thought maybe i'll use it as an opportunity to build playlists so like just run around and just sort of grind with like a character and then while that's going on listen to music because i was trying to put together like a really cool energetic sort of dark synth playlist for like mortal Kombat that make good uh, fight music oh nice yeah that would work out really well because the in-game music is not great <laughs> yeah it's not what it used to be <laughs> no it's definitely not what it used to be there's only one good one that's johnny cage's house yeah i don't know man the tone has changed yes. first three games i love the music in the old mortal Kombat games and the new ones i just don't mm-hmm. get what they're going for i don't get the mood they're trying to establish it just doesn't feel like mortal Kombat. yeah either do the microtransactions i refuse to give them money if you play the invasions mode there is a chest in every one that gives you 200 dragon crystals so after six months i'll be able to purchase a costume yeah there's all these new seasonal fatalities that they've been coming out with that's a big controversy right now because i guess they cost more than a than a whole dlc character i don't know the exact price but i've heard they're i think over ten dollars or something for a fatality maybe i'm wrong yeah I, I refuse yeah the only thing i want is just a proper costume for scorpion that's the only thing i might pay money 
24 if I don't have enough dragon crystals at the time. Like, if they give me, like, a just a proper classic costume. Right. Yeah. It's a good game all around if it weren't for all the microtransactions. I think they did decent with it. But yeah, I'm not going to give them a set myself. Just sticking it out, grinding what I can, have fun with it. I paid a lot for it. I'm not paying anymore. Uh, yeah, I because I bought the stupid special one. Me too. So like, <laughs> I could play it four days early and I'm like, I think I gave them way too much money and they're not getting any more. Same. They must see though behind the scenes, like they know what's popular. Like, cause I know like on day one when they were like offering downloadable costumes and like the number one costume they were like trying to sell was like some like Rastafarian outfit for Tanya. <laughs> I bet you zero people bought this. Right. Like it was between that and like Scorpion with his flaming skull head and I'm like, geez, I wonder which one got yeah. the sale here like know your audience like no one wants that costume like it's so stupid i will say i was half tempted to get that one the scorpion one i was like Ooh, I'm not. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns, but man, that was a cool skin. I got the flaming head one, but it sucks because you can't put a mask on it, oh. so you have to have the flaming head. Oh. That's like part of the deal. Oh, lame. But I tell you what else you got to have is cool music. Yeah. So let's listen to this one from Essel Fortium from the album Future Human. This is Worldline. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was World Line by Essel Fortium from the album Future Human. And we are uh, listening to cool tracks in Andy's playlist warehouse. All this awesome music I heard during the year. And I'm happy to finally get to share it with all the awesome listeners and chat with cool listeners and patrons like Mr. Tiber83. What's up? Is there something you want to talk about? I always keep on derailing these conversations with people. Do you sit there and listen to the show and you're like, hey man, i got to give Andy a piece of my mind on this particular topic. <laughs> or now's your chance. Gosh, I, uh, I didn't really come with any kind of a, a speech or agenda today, but mm. I will say that I've really enjoyed your format. I would say through the years, but I've only started listening to you within the last year or so. I think I actually started listening to you as of, I think it was episode 328 which was you and Marco talking about movies. That really got me into it. I was like, man, I love the banter between you two, talking about all sorts of pop culture and stuff and the music in between. Absolutely fell in love with it. Liking it ever since. And I was a freeloader for a while, but I started deciding to support you on Patreon because, you know, I imagine it's a lot of work that you do. Just wanted to thank you for everything you've been doing. And uh, it's been awesome. Found a lot of new music for your podcasts and kind of expanded my listening tastes. Well, see, this is the thing. I edit the shit out of this show, but whenever people start complimenting me, I don't edit a single fucking second. That is I let that shit enough. just play out. Say nice things about me, and this segment will go on for 40 minutes. Goddamn right. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I like compliments. They make me feel good about myself. That's good. I don't get too many here, so I come home, just a bunch of kids treat me like shit. My wife punches <laughs> me in the face, oh. and that's uh, pretty much my home life, so I come back to the podcast as my sanctuary. There you go. Mm. Well, you're holding up pretty well with that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Photoshop. You don't see any bruises on me because I can paint them out. Now, like with the AI tools, you know, you just highlight a bruise and say, remove. You just talk to ChatGPT and it does the rest. Yeah, man. ChatGPT, <laughs> make me look like I'm, this is a horrible joke. What am I doing? <laughs> it's like, hey, does my audience like spousal abuse jokes? Is that the kind of audience I've cultivated? <laughs> Where did we go? So what else goes on in, in your life, man, when you're not playing games? Or it sounds like if you got a fucking collection of uh, thousands of games, I imagine maybe that's what you're always doing. Yeah, I don't have as much time anymore as I used to. You know, the thing is, you know, when you're a kid, you've got all the time in the world, but not enough games. And now it's vice versa. So it's kind of a cruel joke, right? But not too much. I just love, you know, hanging out with my wife. Been married like 11 years now, and we've been together for over 18, together since college. We got two dogs and three cats. Ahsoka and Arya, and three cats, Charlie, Karma, and Sprite. So it's a little bit of a zoo in our house. You know, they've been <laughs> keeping me busy throughout the days. I'm working a lot in the IT realm. I'm an IT manager for a major organization in the healthcare industry. So work my way up and pretty happy with where I'm at. Although I wouldn't mind, uh, streaming full-time, but that doesn't pay the bills, let me tell you. I do have a lot of audience members who are in IT. Yeah. What do you think that is? I mean, it's a big sector. There's a lot of different areas you can branch off into it. I know right now, you know, we were just talking about AI, I guess. I mean, that's not necessarily IT, but that is a tech sector in a way mm -hmm. that you look at. That's a whole new thing they've incorporated, but looking at the traditional stuff, you've got, you know, your standard help desk, service desk type stuff. You've got cybersecurity is always hot, big commodity, you know, with uh, everything from identity theft to phishing and all that stuff and just all that kind of protection and whatnot that's outside of my realm because I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> I know those words. They're words, though. <laughs> They're words. There's some good words. Yes. There's always something to be had because, you know, technology is always advancing. You know, there's always jobs to be had out there with that sort of thing. And you can always expand into anything, whether it's just general knowledge of hardware, software, coding, development, you name it. The digital world is your oyster. 
Do you have multiple litter boxes? That is an excellent question. I do not. Really? So they'll all go in the same one? <laughs> they do. We clean it off. No, that's not why I was... Sorry, I wasn't uh, insinuating that. It's just because, like, <laughs> once we got Johnny the kitten, I sort of had to make a separate litter box for Chester to put it in a different place. Okay. He wasn't getting along with him, so I felt like they didn't want to use the same one. Yeah, that can sometimes happen with cats, but our three get along. They do the business that they need to do, and it's like a little assembly line in there. So <laughs> but I don't know which one we have. It, it looks like almost like a big igloo. It's got a real big dome on it, and on top of it has like a little insert where you can put a charcoal filter to keep the smell from well, getting nasty. But, you know, we just clean it fairly often and they all get along, do their thing. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have multiple boxes, though. I've heard stories where like sometimes every cat needs their own box and it's like, no, not ours. We're all getting along here for now. Look at you, eh? Fucking kumbaya over there. <laughs> all these animals getting along. <laughs> Listen to this music now. <laughs> yeah. Great segue. <laughs> Thanks. I'm getting better, I think. We're going into like the 12th year of this show, and I think I finally nailed it. Just interrupt people and just say, here's a song. This is Black Light with the song Pray.
That was Prey by Black Light. And we're listening to lots of cool music here on Andy's Playlist Warehouse and chatting to cool listeners and patrons. We're talking to Tiber83 about litter boxes and IT. What else? So what do, what do your huskies do? They like to... Are they crazy? Do they bark a lot? They got crazy blue eyes? They do have the piercing blue eyes. They don't have the... Uh, what is it called? The heterochromia, where it's like one of each color. Oh, yeah, We yeah, don't yeah. have that. Yeah, they're just strictly blue. But Ahsoka is all white, and Arya is a mixture of white, brown, and black. Arya looks more like a Alaskan version of what a husky might be, versus, I guess, uh, Ahsoka being the Siberian type, you know, all white and whatnot. Ahsoka, she is the talker. She'll howl. She'll make all these... Uh, I don't want to emulate it, but she'll make like these woo-woo-woo noises. She'll just... <laughs> I can't speak dog, but she will attempt to communicate when she is in a playful mood or she wants food or wants to go outside or whatever. Arya is more traditional. She's boring. She'll just, you know, bark. She's husky, but she does not speak husky. So they're different, but they're inseparable sisters. They're awesome. Keep me busy. So are you a fan of Star Wars? Is that what this is about? I am a huge Star Wars nerd. No one actually believes me, but I did not become a fan until episode one came out. True story. Had you not seen a movie before? I feel like if someone had just never seen a movie before and then all of a sudden someone shows them episode one, it's just like, oh, wow, you know, it's just like flashing moving images and stuff like you could be dazzled without knowing what you're looking at. Oh, I'd seen movies well before then. <laughs> I don't want to date myself here. I've been around a bit. Hmm. But no, it, for some reason, I think all the hype with the movies coming up and the resurgence of Star Wars, and uh, I went and saw it in the theater with my best friend at the time. And yeah, it was phenomenal. I just loved it so much. And then I just saw all the reviews and stuff of people afterwards just crapping on it. And I'm like, wow, what's their problem? <laughs> you know, I'll redeem myself here and say my favorite is Empire Strikes Back, naturally. I feel like that situation you had was like the opposite I had with Last Jedi, where I got really confounded by the movie I saw versus what the critics were saying about it. It just felt like something was wrong. Like, <laughs> that feeling people get when they have, like, the Mandala effect, you know, like, they swear they remember a movie a certain way, and it's just it's not that way in real life. And, like, to me, I'm just like, okay, I the movie I saw, and I'm reading these reviews, and I'm like, this doesn't... No, they saw something else. Like, they must have shown them a different cut or something. Right. Like, this doesn't make sense. I, like, uh, no one would say that about this movie. Like, I felt the same way, too. I know I mean, I know they're going to, like, probably get rid of the character of Kang the Conqueror in this, like, these new Marvel movies. Yeah. I kept on reading reviews, and every time people talked about Kang, they'd be like, Jonathan Majors is a revelation as Kang. Like, he's, like, so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'd watch the show and be like, I is he? Like, I just <laughs> right. wasn't, like, I just was not wowed or interested by that character at all. So, like, the fact that they'll probably just end up, like, pretending it didn't happen, <laughs> like, when they move forward, like, or whatever they're going to do, like, are they going to just have, like, a CGI version of him just, like, fall off a cliff and just Dr. Doom's just going to be standing there? And, like, actually, I'm the real bad guy now. <laughs> right. It'd be, like, 24, the Kiefer Sutherland show. They would do that all the time. They would get bored of the main bad guy. Mm -hmm. And then some other bad guy would just walk in and shoot that guy, and then he'd be the new bad guy for the next four episodes. <laughs> Right? <laughs> that's what they're going to do with this. Just this fucking CGI guy is going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. But yeah, that's another one of those things too, man, where I just, I read reviews and I'm like, why is everyone saying this? Like, did they get paid? Is there just something like they just have to promote this character because it has to work because that's like their plan for the next 10 years. But like every time the character showed up, I'm like, he's kind of goofy and the costume's so silly looking. Like, you know, Thanos was like an immediately threatening character. He was. Just in yeah. the way he looked. And then when they switched him to like the Brolin version, like, the voice was cool and just the CGI was really impressive and stuff mm -hmm. and then Kang just like he just looks goofy with this little like space suit with like this little helmet that looks like it's like too tight over his head right anyway who cares 
Sorry. No, I totally know where you're getting at. And going back to Last Jedi, like, and this is very divisive. People will probably not like me for saying this, but all the reviews were like stellar for it. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Because out of the sequel trilogy, if I had to pick one, it would be Force Awakens. Like, they played it safe. I get it, but it it was going to lead to better things, or so we thought. And then Last Jedi, all the reviews were coming out, and they were they were hyping it left, right, and center. And then I saw it, and I'm like, I don't know what happened. It's just the hype that threw me off. I've thought about this a lot, and if that movie came out and on Rotten Tomatoes got like a 71, the universe would be fine. Yeah. If you're not a Star Wars fan, I can understand thinking that movie was okay. It's just like, if you don't actually care about the lore, it's like, yeah, it's just a fun science fiction movie, you know, with some interesting characters or whatever. It's just all the lore-breaking stuff that frustrates me. It's sort of like, I'm not a big fan of X-Men. They're fine. It's just, I'm not that interested in the X-Men. Right. But I do like the first two X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. So when the third movie came out and it was directed by I think like another guy that got me too, right? Like was like, I think so. this whole franchise is directed by dudes who are fucking lecherous perverts. It's cursed. I know a lot of people didn't like it because it took a beloved X Men storyline and kind of fucked it up and shit. Mm-hmm. But it didn't bother me the same way because I don't know the Dark Phoenix storyline, mm-hmm. so I don't know what they messed up. Right. And so that's the way I feel about Last Jedi. It's like it's easy for someone who doesn't care about Star Wars to think it's okay, but then as a fan, I'm like, you're light speeding through shit. Like you know, we've been through this. It's just there's just all these moments where I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, it's just, no. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, there were so many moments where I'm just like, what the hell were you thinking? There was a million ways we could have gone about this, but you chose that. And it definitely resonates more, I think, with people who don't understand Star Wars as much or don't care about the lore as much. But you got to cater to the Star Wars fans. I mean, don't, like, overly pander to them, but at least give us something. Yeah, and I'll give you something right now. Some cool music, (laughs) alright? So here's one from The Phantom Division. This is Neon Rain featuring Bethany Lois.
And that was Neon Rain from the Phantom Division featuring Bethany Lois. And we're back on Andy's Playlist Warehouse. And I feel like these segments are a little longer because once we get complaining about Star Wars, it's tough to keep it short. But uh, anyways, I'm here with Ty Brady 3. We were talking before about, you know, giving the fans what they want, but then also not pandering. And I guess my point of view on this, I feel like if you're making a blockbuster, part of the contract there is you do have to please the audience. Absolutely. So that's why, in my personal opinion, the most clever thing you can do is not... To subvert what people are expecting, but to still deliver what they expect, but make them surprised when it happens. That to me is like the height of skill. If you're directing one of these types of movies or making them, it's like because there's moments, there's those feel good movie moments where you're like, yeah, you know, the guy and the girl are going to get together in the end. Mm -hmm. But a skillful director will still make that moment feel big even though you knew it was coming and i feel like last jedi was all like the anticipating what the audience wanted and then just doing something else right so it didn't have any moments that made me feel excited or cool because every time i was just like oh he's he's gonna get in that x-wing he's gonna get in that x-wing he's gonna fucking rescue everybody and it's just a red herring because he's a fucking force projection it's like fuck you <laughs> like <laughs> have yeah. him fly the, if you're gonna kill him anyways like after all that it's just like oh he didn't fly it he's actually projecting himself eh, but he had a heart attack then why didn't you just have him actually fly there then and get fucking killed i mean it would have made more sense than just fucking heart attack stupid right anyway, yeah sorry sorry <laughs> it's all good <laughs> the whole sequel trilogy just left a bad taste in my mouth honestly and on the flip side i've been very surprised by the tv shows like you've talked about mandalorian before and that's been kind of hit or miss i think the earlier seasons were better yes my favorite two right now would be andor and ahsoka but ahsoka you really have to know a lot of the lore to figure it out or you're going to be lost uh you have to know clone wars you have to know rebels and or you just have to know the generic stuff from you know the original trilogy and rogue one would be probably a good one to follow up with but i felt the writing in that was absolutely phenomenal you know you know what's going to happen if you've watched rogue one but that show leaves so much anticipation and so much stringing along that it entertains you despite you knowing what's going to happen and that in itself i think is, is a huge win in, in in directing and writing i still have to finish it because I've, I've only seen the first four. Oh, okay yeah it gets crazy Andors, and, and everyone tells me it's like episode five is the one like did you go to the heist one i'm like no not yet yeah you're still on the planet where they're all talking and they're undercover and yeah yes it was good though like it was good there's just certain things you you know where you watch certain shows and movies and instantly the quality you just know oh this is a higher quality production even sometimes by the font that's you you know what i mean like you'll see like a title sequence and just go like oh this is because i remember like obi-wan kind of felt cheap mm -hmm. and then when i saw yeah. andor like literally the title sequence made andor a better show than obi-wan it was just oh okay this is a more sophisticated production like just yep. all the choices like f down to the fucking lettering and the font oh, whereas yeah. like obi-wan felt really cheap yeah. and i mean not really cheap but definitely cheaper than i was expecting i thought of all the star wars tv shows i'm like well they're gonna pump the most money into the one with ewan mcgregor in it but then i feel like maybe the money just went to his salary and like because it felt the cheapest of all of them it felt even cheaper than boba fett in a way it kind of did although oh don't get me started with boba fett they did my boy dirty no yeah, um, i don't know what the fuck that was <laughs> i honestly don't know another situation they could have gone a million ways with it and they chose whatever the hell they just did but i feel like my version of boba fett's just sitting in the sarlacc disintegrating <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i bet your version of boba fett likes cool music so i got <laughs> got one here from Neverman. Uh, he sent me a link to his new Christmas song, but uh, I didn't have time to listen to it, so we're going to listen to this instead. This is from his EP Giallo. This is Neverman with La Cia Rosa. 
And that was La Ciarosa by Neverman. And this is Beyond Synth, Andy's playlist warehouse, listening to great music and chatting with Beyond Synth listeners and patrons, uh, like awesome patron Mr. Tiber83. And we're locked in a Star Wars chat here. So, <laughs> so here's the thing where I'm a little conflicted. So I watched some Clone Wars, and I got to season three, I think. Okay. And I know I probably watched that show the exact opposite way you're supposed to, because everyone just says, season three onwards gets really good, and I just watched season three, like up to season three. So my perspective on Dave Filoni, I guess, is a lot different than other people's, because I guess he's got a lot of goodwill because of how good Clone Wars was. Mm -hmm. But I sort of know him as the guy who writes really stupid Star Wars shows, (laughs) because like all his plots are written like a child wrote them. Like, when I'm Boba Fett, it's stupid. It's mm-hmm. like I'm watching a stupid show written by a stupid person. <laughs> the stories are so simple. Yeah. And then that's what bugged me about Mandalorian because it started off so strong. It was still simple, but it was simple in like like an elegant way. You know, it was just like, oh, it's cool. Like, you know, you just have an episode where he's just hanging out in the desert. He's got to get his ship back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you get to season three. That season was dumb. Like, dumb. Yeah. Those stories were dumb. And they made the characters terrible because they were dumb. Because they were just doing dumb things constantly. I'm like, why is it? What do you, we, like, after all that, it's just like, oh, you got to bathe in the waters of the whatever. <laughs> and then all they have to do is just fly back to the planet. And it turns out all they had to do was just fly through the clouds for like 20 seconds and everything's fine. And then meanwhile, like, they just haven't returned to this planet. And no one thought to just fly through the clouds. And then they could just land on that planet and everything's fine. You can just walk to the thing you have to bathe in. Like, there's literally the only obstacle is a few things like these little monsters you can easily kill and you just walk there. To me, the idea that if you're a bad Mandalorian and you have to bathe in those stupid waters to purify yourself, you literally just have to go to this place, walk through the door and just walk into the pool? Like, that's it? Like, there's no challenge? Like, it's so (laughs) stupid. Like, it's just so stupid. This is the way. And there's this giant monster under there just lives in there and, like, she doesn't bother to tell anybody. Right. It's just like, oh, what happened? Oh, (laughs) whatever. And they sort of walk away. I'd be like, well, what happened? was I fell in the water and there's that giant creature that's the crest you know our crest that's that fucking monster head there's a fucking one down there that's like the size of a planet and I just it just flew past me uh so I just thought maybe you'd like to know because you know it's on our crest and shit like you know it just fucking drives me nuts I get where you're coming from with it it was kind of a wacky storyline I think a lot of it had to do with just their beliefs and their structure and it was very backwards right there's a fun theory about Bo-Katan because at a certain point she ends up reclaiming spoilers everybody you've already seen through all of it, right? Yeah, okay. man. That was because that was another fucking stupid thing. After all that, fucking Moff Gideon. After all this sort of setup, like, what's the story? Then he just fucking yeah. says what the plot was, and then they just kill him. <laughs> yeah. So I was making clones. That was the whole thing. I was making clone of me, and it's just like that's it. This fucking whole thing was just so he could make some weird like force clones of himself. Like, and he just says it. That's how you're gonna wrap this fucking story up. You're just gonna have the bad guy just say it like point blank. <laughs> what a rushed and disappointing like way to fucking wrap that up it was like so stupid anyway continue no 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 i I kind of felt that way too there was a couple things as well getting back to bo katan she hid that information from the armorer because i think in theory mandalorians of old used to be able to tame that that thing's called a myth uh mythosaur if you tamed it you could ride that thing so like way bigger than the freaking you know rancor that boba rode Mm. yeah you ride around with one of those things who's gonna Who's going to screw with you, right? So she kind of hid that information. So in theory, that's what she's planning on 
doing because she knows where this thing is now. But going back to Moff Gideon, there is a hint towards the end of that episode where you see all his clones and stuff. If you go back to watching Moff Gideon in earlier episodes, he had a little mustache, right? This version that you see at the end, the one who gets, well, spoilers again, gets killed, he didn't have a mustache. So he may very well have been a clone to begin with, and the real one's actually still running around. See, that's fine. I actually thought what they were gearing towards was just having that one live because he had a he got himself a helmet, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, here's what they're doing. He's going to get a helmet and get scarred so that now he now gets to just do a voice performance just like Pedro Pascal does. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought they were going where He's going to get burned. He's going to have a helmet now. So now what's his face doesn't have to show up on set anymore. So like when that character returns, it'll just be a voice performance. Right, right. But it's still stupid the way they fucking wrapped up that plot. I was expecting some sort of grand, cool thing and then like it's just very simple and oh man. It was a little rushed, but it was kind of cool how a ship landed on them. Those two episodes had cool things in them. Oh yeah. Like the last two were the best ones but then the first few were so stupid. Like it just made me feel like these Mandalorians are morons. You know what I mean? It's just like, where do you live? Oh, we live on a beach where a monster comes and just takes some of us every day <laughs> and then it's like oh also other monsters come and take us too and we just still hang out on this beach and then the guy just fucking gives up oh my jetpack doesn't have enough fuel oh by the way that's my son what right it's fucking stupid and then they literally explain the <laughs> three times the plan now we're gonna fly our jetpacks over there i'm just like yeah i get it you're you're riding jetpacks and you're gonna go to the fucking bird's nest and get the kid back like <laughs> this is not crazy it's just like what's crazy is that these fucking idiots live on this beach like what are you doing right there's fucking giant crocodiles and fucking giant birds and they're constantly stealing them and they just fucking take it it's like well it's really cool hanging out on this beach though like so stupid yeah that's the funny thing about star wars is like there's always a, an explanation for it though which is hilarious because even if you go to like every little character in the background they all have their own story mm. for example they all love getting stolen by birds yeah that's the thing they didn't tell you in the lore is that the rite of passage of the Mandalorian is to be uh, stolen by a giant bird and then uh, eaten by a giant crocodile (laughs) on the beach or whatever. This is the way. Listen, I'm a nerd too. Like, okay, I've got my shit. I'm a big Doctor Who fan, but I still don't tolerate plots that don't make sense because I've never been the kind of nerd that needs to rationalize those things. If I see an episode and the story doesn't make sense, I'm just like, fuck, I really wish they wrote a better story there. I'm not like, well, technically, it's okay that the fucking bad guy did that thing because cause earlier <laughs> on there was a line of dialogue. Is it? Nope, doesn't work. Doesn't make sense. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> like, do better. Can you imagine $25 million an episode and the plot is that a bunch of fucking highly trained assassins hang out on a beach where monsters regularly eat them? $25 million? Yep. You could, like, literally give that and, like, a small town could live for like five years just hey you guys don't have to work for five years you could like help so many people and instead you've just written the stupidest 30 minutes of tv i've ever seen like anyway giant birds man yeah sorry i sorry Anyway, look, listen, I got to say goodbye to you here. Yes. We'll listen to one more song and then we'll uh, say a proper goodbye. How about that? That sounds good. All right, man. Well, let's listen to this. This is Wave Shaper with Changed Plans.
And that was Changed Plans by Wave Shaper from the album Forgotten Shapes. This has been Andy's, this has been, this is still Andy's playlist warehouse. I got so many awesome songs to play and so many cool people to talk to, but we got to say goodbye to this one. Mr. Tiber83, who got me all worked up about Star Wars. So what do you got planned? You got uh, one minute before I hang up on you. What do you got planned for the holiday? Uh, Not too much. Got Thanksgiving in a couple of days here. I'll be doing all the cooking. I give my wife a break on that day. So, uh, yeah. And uh, making a little trip to see a friend down in, uh, in Texas. Never been, so that should be fun. But, yeah, just relaxing and Staying awesome, listening to good music, and of course, listening to your freaking awesome podcast, man. That's the way right there. This is the way. I forgot the the catchphrase of the show. This is the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, man, you have a lovely holiday and keep being cool. And of course, thank you for supporting the show. Keeps the lights on in the studio, which is really important because without them, I'd trip over the wires. So that's a good thing. So I thank you for that. And yeah, man, keep being cool. Thanks, man. You as well. Take it easy. It was a a pleasure, dude. Yeah, man. You too. You too? You too? Does that work? Yeah. It's a pleasure, you too? (laughs) No, I I fucked up. (laughs) It's all good, man. All right, take care, dude. You too, man. See ya. Right, and that was my chat with Ty Brady 3 cool guy cool show this is the cool show and we're just going to move right along here because I got somebody else on the line now so we're here with Sky Wolf aka Lucy how's it going Andy how are you I'm doing good I think I'm doing okay I, I can't tell like in the morning I, I drink my weird coffee drink I'm trying to cut down on calories so I've just been drinking Nescafe because there's like there's less calories but then I decided to uh, also mix that with chocolate milk which might be hot chocolate I should say one of my room- Roommates has started using um, hot chocolate powder in her coffee. Yeah. And she keeps threatening to make me one. And I'm like, mm, I mean, is it going to be like a mocha or... What I've been doing tastes pretty good. See, I got the Nescafe and I've got the hot chocolate powder. And uh, it's, a, it's a tasty drink. Okay. Your roommate might be on to something. <laughs> She's a bit of a genius. Listen, explain your accent to the people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm originally from the UK. I moved to the US about four years ago. I'm in the process of uploading an American accent, but it's taking a little bit longer. I think I'm running Edge or something like that. Mm. So, yeah. Is that your plan? Do you want to assimilate like the Borg (laughs) from Star Trek? Except the Borg speak with British accents, don't they? Or do they? Do they? I don't know. I haven't seen Star Trek for a while. But no, I'm just trying to fit in and blend in. Every time I would go into like a business or something, it's like, oh, I love your accent. Where are you from? And then you'd have to spend about 10, 15 minutes having a conversation with someone about where you're from. And then you go to another place and it would happen all again. And it was just mm. like, it was slowing down my day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what? That's all about to happen now. Because I'm going to make you go through all that stuff again. <laughs> you got to do that stuff at the coffee shop. And now you got to do it here on the show. Give me your best just American accent. Are you trying to, are you practicing? Are you walking around like, uh, I'll take the elevator, sir, you know, instead of saying lift and stuff? I thought this was my best American accent. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. You're in trouble. That's an exciting thing then. So then we will have to check back with you in a few years and see how it's coming. Oh, definitely. (laughs) So that is the goal though, right? Like, is that your actual goal? You actually want to like shed the British? I do. As I say, I I just like fitting in. And when you go to a business and you're like, oh, hello, how's it going? Mm. You know, it kind of puts a label on your um, on your head that you're not quite from here. (laughs) I mean, if you're like sweeping chimneys and stuff, you're allowed to talk like that. People will be fine. (laughs) 
I went out thinking to myself, I am not going to end up sounding like Dick Van Dyke when I do my <laughs> full native accent at some point. It's, it's a shame as well, because my wife loved my native accent. My wife. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's really hard when people say my wife to not say my wife. My wife. And like, even though it's like 40 years later, and that's still, it's like saying, yeah, baby, like uh, Austin Powers. It's like just something that's just like in my brain and I have to fight it. Those movies are so good. It blows my mind. Like, when did International Man of Mystery come out? Like, it's 97 or something like that. Yes. So that is 26 years ago. And I just, I remember watching it on pay-per-view cable and it just blows my mind. It's like, that was 26 years ago, you know? That movie really was so fucking funny when it came out. I just remember that stupid scene where he gets out of cryo sleep and just takes the big long piss. It's so stupid. And I watched it recently and obviously there's some jokes in there that haven't aged very well, but like on the whole, I think the first one is still like a pretty solid movie. Yeah. It is. You know, when it comes to shit like comedies and stuff, especially from, like, different times, there's sort of, like, a given, like, as long as you're a reasonable person, that when you're watching, it's be like, yeah, there's going to be a few jokes in here that are a little rough. <laughs> you know, just, this is okay for the time, but, like, now they're a little weird, but it's sort of like, if you move past it, there's still some decent uh, stuff in there. When you come across those jokes that are a little bit on the blue side for uh, 2023, and you think to yourself, oh, my God, did they get away with that when they originally did the movie? But, you know, you just, you got to realize that they are a problem of their time and that's what makes it funny yeah those sequels were also really really good too and i just wish they made more of them but i can see the uh, format getting a little bit stale there's bound to be a new austin powers in the next few years like because as we're seeing like some of the other franchises now they've gone through these sorts of changes and now like you know like with the marvel movies like kind of not making enough money and like kind of star wars getting a little silly i feel like they're gonna fall back on like safe bets for a while yeah i feel like an austin powers 4 would be like just sort of a safe bet kind of thing yeah because you're seeing that a lot lately with like old movies that never really had a sequel or would do a sequel i mean lethal weapon they're i don't know if they've done it yet but they're doing a fifth one they're doing another <laughs> version of beverly hills cop lethal weapon that's a funny one because they've been in retirement since like the second one so like they're so old they are they're just so old <laughs> like, it's crazy. I mean, I think Danny Glover is in his 80s or something like that. Something silly. I hope they do something fun and just have, like, a really agile stunt double. Like, so, like, he's clearly 80 years old, but then, like, all for all the wide shots, some dude's, like, running super fast and, like, doing flips and shit. Like, <laughs> why not? Look, I want to listen to some music, so we'll, we'll keep chatting, but uh, we're going to listen to some stuff first. So how about a track by Devours? This is another one from Homecoming Queen, which had a bunch of... Uh, cool songs on it and i want to listen to the titular homecoming queen track so let's do that and we'll be right back
And that was Homecoming Queen by Devours from the album Homecoming Queen. And we're here right now listening to cool music and chatting with cool people. And I'm here chatting with Lucy, a.k.a. Skywolf, from England, now in the States. So you mentioned your wife, but then you also mentioned a roommate. Yes, I did, yes. I live with three roommates currently Wait, three roommates and a wife three roommates and a wife yes is this like a big house it is a four bedroom house down in uh north mississippi so it's not like crowded or anything it sounds crowded no 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 uh on the contrary it's uh it's quite spacious i mean we've also got a bunch of animals too so uh but i still have my office slash studio is it a separate zone or like is your office slash studio the corner of the room well this is originally a dining room but i decided to put one of those ikea cube organizers and basically that blocks off the open planness of the room and then Uh. i've got a separate door into my office slash studio so this is my domain this is my lair i remember i looked up that once because when i when i lived in toronto we had an open concept like main room and there was a period of time where i thought maybe we could break this up and there's like companies that can come and install like false walls where they just like tighten them to the floor and the ceiling and you can have like doors and shelves and stuff to like make little tiny rooms is that sort of what you're saying? That's pretty much it. I mean, I've got a wall of books behind me, mainly coding books and history books that I can't say no to when I go to Goodwill, but, you know, it's it's, it's a good way of just blocking things off. Are you learning to code? I am. I have been learning to code for the last year and a half now. Is that your business plan, or is it just something you want to do for fun? No, that's pretty much my business plan. I'm looking for a career change. I went to college, got myself a chemistry degree, and then when the economy went down the toilet, as did all the jobs and stuff so you know i got stuck doing shitty delivery jobs for the last god knows how long chemistry degree Mm -hmm. what was the plan there what's the trajectory when you have a chemistry degree i was just hoping to work in a lab i always just wanted to work in a lab and be like this mad scientist with a bunch of chemicals around and see how they change and stuff then the reality hit and was like hmm (laughs) <laughs> Do I really want to be doing this still? But... <laughs> it's not as fun when it's a machine that does all the shaking of the vials and stuff. Exactly. I remember doing my dissertation, which was a long-ass project. And you used to have to go through steps. It was like following a recipe, except if you drink this, you die. And I just remember just sitting next to a fume hood, waiting for a reaction to happen for about two hours and just watching it because I had to keep an eye on it. And it just, it was, it was so boring. (laughs) And these were the years before smartphones, so I couldn't whip out my phone and go on to Reddit or whatever. So then you didn't even have the opportunity to do anything with it, right? Like you just had this degree, but then there was like no place to take it? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I worked for three months in a lab, but that was just testing filtration Mm. devices. It was not what I had in mind. And it was only a temporary contract anyway so I was there like three months thinking well I've got a little bit of experience maybe uh, I'll be able to get a job soon Mm -hmm. and then that never materialized and then I learned how to play keyboards (laughs) (laughs) well we'll talk about that in a sec how about this let's listen to a song and then uh, and then we come back we'll talk about some more stuff so I want to hear this one from Lifelong Corporation with the track Black Tears this is the Cosmo Mix Instrumental
And that was Lifelong Corporation with Black Tears, the Cosmo Mix Instrumental. And we're here on Andy's Playlist Warehouse. We're listening to cool songs, talking to cool people. And I'm here right now with Skywolf, a.k.a. Lucy, a.k.a. one of five people in a house. Uh, and there's some pets in there, I heard. That is correct, Jess. We have five cats in the house now, I believe, and two dogs. Oh, wow. So this is like a busy place. Oh, yeah. This is a busy place. I love having the cats around, though. Do they get along? Uh, for the most part, one of my roommates, uh, he brought in a cat from his parents' house, and we're trying to integrate him, but he's an adult cat, so it's causing a little bit of friction between the cats already here, like vying for dominance and such. Yeah, that's always a tricky thing. We got a new kitten, and he just always wants to play with Chester, and Chester's like a lot bigger than him, and he just wants to nap, and whenever he he wants to sleep, Johnny wants to play, and so Chester has to keep hiding. And kitten energy is one of those things that you just, no matter what you do, that kitten energy is always there. I mean, we have a kitten in our house, and he is so sweet, yet when you get food out, he turns into a furry piranha on legs. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to eat here. I love you, but go away. I love that, though. I love the different wacky personalities of cats, like, because uh, Chester's got his own way of doing things, and then like Johnny will come and like sleep on my neck like while I'm playing video games. That was the one thing I was missing when we got our cat because yeah, because Chester's not much of a lap cat. He doesn't really like to sit on laps. He just likes to be in the same room as you, but he likes to sit on the table or sit on my laptop but Johnny's different he'll like jump up on my shoulder and stuff and I like, kind of like run around my neck while I'm like trying to work and it's fun it is one of our cats pumpkin he's so chilled out he will always come and sit on your lap or he'll come and sleep with you I mean when it's cold as well it just it'll climb under the comforters <laughs> you wake up and you feel something furry on your leg and you're thinking what on earth is that and that's pumpkin and then there's Ellie who is incredibly friendly but she's not necessarily a lap cat but she just likes pets she likes little light spanks on the butt you know don't we all <laughs> <laughs> that's my motto <laughs> things you hate as a kid nap times and spankings things you love as an adult nap time and spankings well definitely fucking nap times actually that's true and spankings as well <laughs> I'm what they call a bit of a pervert <laughs> so look I want to listen to uh, well so speaking of animals okay we're going from cats to dogs here uh, Vincenzo Salvia's dog G the dog composer I've got a song here that's been sitting in my playlist for a long time and uh, let's listen to that this is Vincenzo Salvia featuring Featuring G, the dog composer, with Fear of the Bark.
that was Vincenzo Selvia featuring G, the dog composer, with Fear of the Bark on Andy's playlist warehouse. We're playing cool songs, talking to people, and uh, we're here talking to a person right now, Lucy, a.k.a. Skywolf. We're talking about books on coding, we're talking about chemistry degrees, we're talking about cats, we're talking about... What else? You, and you make music as well, right? I think I played some Skywolf tracks on the show before. Oh, you have. I'm currently working on my next album, which hopefully should be out in the, in the new year or so. I'm liking the vibe to this one in particular. It's a bit more dancey than everyone's used to. Do your uh, all your roommates here, they tolerate all this stuff? Or are you uh, mostly playing with your headphones on or what? I'm usually playing with my headphones on. I used to play with the sound coming out my monitors and stuff like that. But honestly, it's just... I just like the feeling of being... In in that zone where you just got your headphones on and you're just working on it and you got everything in front of you and it's you know you end up going into your own little world and trying to explore where you're going with that music and such you know it's just I'd rather do this than go to a therapist I'll tell you that for sure so why did you go to the states in the first place was that just for love or did you were going there anyways or what's the deal with that no it was for love I met my wife on Facebook we had a relationship for about we didn't even meet each other for the first year and then she came to visit me for about two months and she always had a rule she said I have to live with someone and I have to know them for at least one year before I agree to marry them so <laughs> when she came over I like, I like these rules they seem pretty reasonable right like I gotta know somebody before I marry them that's just one of my <laughs> rules <laughs> but the thing is the visit was our first year anniversary fell on that visit. So on that day, I took her to Brighton, which is also on the south coast of England, and it is a pretty gay town, and we had a nice night, and I already had, you know, already had everything planned out, so we went to a diner on Brighton Beach, which was like an American-style diner, and I asked her to marry me, and now forevermore, she uh, complains that I maliciously complied with her, because I literally asked her to marry me on our one-year anniversary. And then we got married about a month later, and got all the immigration stuff running and it was less than 18 months I think it just over a year I was on a plane to the US and I haven't looked back since do you have your like uh, visa shit sorted or do you still have to like do the phase two because I'm surprised there's some people I know who have moved and like things still aren't quite final like they sort of go year to year with things yeah to begin with you know if you've not been married for two years you go on a restricted green card I believe it is and then you've got to prove your marriage is genuine and such and then you've got to go through that again and then eventually you'll get your 10 year green card and then you can go for citizenship always find that part weird so like what you just have to make sure you take lots of pictures like is that how you prove you're married like it was pictures i sent notarized statements from friends basically verifying that our relationship is genuine and any other evidence that they may want i would like to just troll that whole thing and just be like you gotta prove it and like just give them a sex tape <laughs> and i like there how's that you fucking assholes like <laughs> But then you have a sex tape somewhere in a vault somewhere that the U.S. government has access to. Oh, they keep the stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think it's in. Um, oh, I think it's in Colorado. Oh, I'm pretty sure there's a vault of like information from newcomers. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay, never mind then. Maybe maybe it's not a good idea to <laughs> to get the green card that way. I don't look. Sometimes my ideas aren't that good. Okay, I admit that. But I tell you, some of my ideas that are good is listening to cool music. So we're gonna listen to a track here 
from uh, Your Sister is a Werewolf. This is Disturbed Circuits. Disturbed Circuits by Your Sister is a Werewolf from the album Chad, which I think stands for something. And we're here right now listening to cool music, talking to cool people. I've been chatting with uh, Skywolf, a.k.a. Lucy. Why'd you spell Skywolf like that? It's like an L and two Fs and an E. <laughs> I just wanted to be different. I wanted to be annoying. And every every so often, it's like, oh, how do you spell that last one? Is it two Fs or is it L-F-E? It's like, no, it's two Fs. Is there something you wanted to like, talk about that we didn't talk about? The floor is yours before I hang up on you. How about that? Yeah, I will say keep an eye out for my uh, next album. It'll be released in the new year. It's called Geometry of Molecules. Looking at my uh, chemistry background right there. And yeah. it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a really good one, I think. Was that the name of like one of the textbooks? No, I just uh, I, I wanted to come up with something that's a bit more eye-catching than sentience, for example. So what, how would you describe your style? You like a spacey kind of ambient synth? What, what do you say? I'd say Space Wave. I, I kind of categorize my albums into either um, uh, spacey, spacey albums or Earth albums. Right. Kevin Spacey. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh God. whenever I hear the word spacey, I cannot think that. <laughs> 
That, my friend, is a non sequitur that I will keep in the show. So, do you have anything coming up then? You have a. Some exciting holiday plans besides dropping stuff on your floor? That was one of the cats. Yeah, yeah. Blame the cat. That's that's Ellie coming up for some pets. No, just vibing along, going to visit, you know, relatives and stuff. I've been adopted into my wife's family, so that's quite nice. And uh, keeping in touch with all my people in, in the UK, all my friends and family. Cool. Well, that sounds nice. How about you? I hope I just get to relax. Just play video games, lay down. <laughs> I'm an old man. So, like, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, like, this is the way life is now. I want to lay down. I wish the cats would get along because, like, just for a brief moment last night, I even made a point to tell myself this is a lovely moment. Chester was in my arms, and he was laying, and then and Johnny came up and, and laid on my lap, and for, like, about... F- four minutes they weren't fighting each other and like wrestling and I was like hey man this is a pretty cool moment (laughs) and so I want more of those you know Christmas time going on and I just want to lay on a couch and have some cats on me and that's that's my and play video games (laughs) yeah I think so. Talking about video games, I very rarely buy anything at launch because usually it's a buggy mess, and uh, City Skylines 2 did not disappoint. I was so disappointed with that. That's another game I should play more. Basically, I'm, I'm really going to try and cut down on my stupid video game budget, but yeah, like I, I have the full version of the first game. I bought it on Steam. I remember there was like a one of those Humble Bundles. Yeah. That was like a good deal, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get this, and I, I also have it on console as well, and I just never really played it that much, but I love Love the old SimCity. I think I need the SimCity music from the Super Nintendo playing in the background. <laughs> like, I need that soundtrack playing, but then play City Skylines instead. Oh, I think that would be a good idea. So part two just is broken right now? It really is. I mean, there's certain features from the first one that doesn't exist in the second one, and it's buggy, and it doesn't work properly, and it's also making my computer, which is not that old. It's like a year and a half old with a 3070 in it, and it's just made it, made it run so badly and I know that Paradox released all this stuff about you know recommended graphic settings and such but then again I remember like the old SimCity game SimCity 4 for example it would make your computer run so slow like they've always been really intensive on those machines yeah I'm waiting for those to be a bit more like photo real I think that will draw me back in I want like a photo real city building game I think as far as I'm concerned the ultimate game when I think about like what would be the ultimate game it would be some sort of SimCity Grand Theft Auto crossover so if I could like build the city but then at any moment you know you click the joysticks down and then you're in third person mode and you can run around and like it's populated like a grand theft auto game that would be awesome yes that would be to me where wherever fucking video games go in the future that will be the ultimate game is some sort of city building slash grand theft auto game but it has to be the quality of both of those yeah so i want like the city building of city skylines but the actual gameplay of grand theft auto and um that's my holiday wish. <laughs> <laughs> and you go around committing crimes in the city you built. Yeah, you, like you're the mayor, so like the police don't stop you because you're the mayor. But the, the police chasing you is all, you know, the fun part of GTA and such. Yeah, but you're the mayor. Yeah. They're not going to stop you. You know, mayors always get away with all their crimes. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm a guy. I like the classic male power fantasies of just uh, running around and beating people up. Because in real life, I'm just a, a thin little man, you know? So, like, uh, I can't 
I can't be doing any of that stuff. Well, that's the thing about games. It's escapism, isn't it? You get to be who you aren't in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, to be fair, whenever I have the choice to make a character, I do try to make me. And so sometimes if you're, like, doing that in uh, Oblivion or Skyrim or whatever, I just end up making some crazy mutant because, like, you try and make a normal face and you just can't. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Well, listen. You have a a lovely holiday, and it was nice uh, chatting with you. And I'll, uh, you know, check out your album when when you put it out. Excellent. You too, Andy. You take care now. All right, and that was my conversation with Lucy, a.k.a. Skywolf. How about, since we just talked to her, let's listen to a Skywolf track, all right? I got one here called Radius, so let's listen to that. This is Radius by Skywolf.
All right, and that was Radius by Skywolf. And that was cool. We just talked to her. So that's fun, right? You get to hear the person. You get to hear the music. It's all good. It's Andy's Playlist Warehouse. And we're moving right ahead here. We got someone else on the line. You know, we're chatting to us and Beyond Synth listeners and supporters. And I got one here right now. It's Binkley. How's it going, man? It's great, Andy. How's it going? How's the uh, air fryer business? It's good. I used it today. Awesome. I use the air fryer every day. It's a really handy device. Yeah, hearing you talk about it has uh, convinced me I probably should get one sometime. Well, like, I need to be clear. It's not like it's like a miracle. It's just like a more convenient oven, especially if you're serving like small serving sizes, you know? Like, so if you're just by yourself or with like another person and you want to like cook up some burgers or some meat or whatever, it's just so nice to just have a little fryer or potatoes, you know, where you just fucking, you don't have to preheat and get on oven mitts and have a fucking, you know, like a tray that you got to wash later and all this other shit. It's just it's uh yeah it's just it's just convenient yeah that's my situation I'm, that's why i think it's probably worth looking into yeah because you start end up eating foods that you maybe weren't cooking before so for me like there's a lot of like I, I do a lot of frying just because i'm like i use a frying pan so whenever i make meat i always basically fry it and you know there's some things that are good in the the oven you know and uh i just hated using the oven because it was so much effort yeah for sure that's why i think hearing you and marco talk about it it convinced me yeah. oh yeah yeah but listen man that's what we're all about here we're all about convincing people to <laughs> buy air fryers on this synth wave music show so listen before we started recording you said you were in the middle of some uh showroom of a uh, pinball machines or something oh yeah yeah i'm in this showroom of like i think there's like 50 pinball machines here in anaheim and uh it's called like captain's arcade showroom and it's uh basically a big room with a bunch of pinball machines and they're all the way from like really older ones called like the electromechanical ones that have like the reels that like they're the scoring is on these reels that like rotate all the way up to like the modern sterns that you probably see in your normal barcade or just out in the world with the cool like video screens in the back and that kind of thing but it's all real pinball it's uh it's a pretty cool place and uh i help run the stream here and uh, we're setting up for a big tournament that uh happens next week wait so is this is this like a job or is this like a volunteer thing it's a volunteer thing i just like streaming everything i've streamed a lot of things i used to stream fighting games on locations at arcades and uh i just got into pinball and then apparently there's like a much smaller community that streams pinball because streaming pinball is pretty hard you have to have you know the machine and then it's much more specialized equipment you have to build like a rig with cameras and stuff but yeah we stream like at least two to three two to four times a month now i think at uh pins and pirates on twitch so yeah yeah because i guess that must be a pain in the ass right because if you have a machine where it's like full of lights and you're trying to film it so you have to like turn the aperture all the way down but then all the people are going to be dark if you see them in the shot and stuff yeah so what happens is i think most people they do the three camera setup uh, that's the basic setup where you have one camera on the like it sort of hovers above the like play field if you know like the main part of the pinball machine mm. and the one camera just points to like they call it the back box but it's like where the scoring is and then there's like usually just a camera pointing at the player you know i've seen everything from like webcams to dslrs it's just like everything else in life where it's like you know you can start with a very basic thing and then just upgrade or you can get in at like the high level and now uh, some people have like 4k rigs and all sorts of stuff it's quite the like little industry not industry i guess maybe niche i don't know how to say it <laughs> i know all about niche ah yes that's the whole point of this show is this weird music scene and speaking of which i want to listen to some so we're gonna hear this song from future cop and then we'll uh, we'll come back and chat more with binkley so this is uh, apollo by future cop
that was Future Cop with the track Apollo. And we're here in Andy's Playlist Warehouse. We're listening to all the cool songs that uh, I want you to hear. And we're chatting with the awesome listeners and supporters of Beyond Synth, like Mr. Binkley here, who is talking about live streaming pinball. Wait, so do you stream yourself? Or are you, like, helping people out stream like other people? It's both. So I don't know if you know what Extra Life is. It's this, like, campaign where you uh, basically game and you get people to donate and sponsor you. So I did a campaign for that. So when that ha- when that was being streamed, like, I- that was me playing. But we stream, like, tournaments and events. So there's, like, two leagues here. And then, like, it seems like every other month there's a tournament here. And then we stream that. So it'll be, like, other people. People will come here and, you know, they'll, they'll play and there'll be prizes. There's, like, a trophy and all sorts of stuff. I always confused. I mean, I know when I talked to Laserhawk, he, he talked a lot about tournament pinball. And I, I don't... T- totally get it. There must be machines that people want to play on more. Like, like, is there like a hierarchy of machines where like once you get to like number one, everyone wants to play on the Adams Family board or like, is it just you just get scored on whatever machine you're playing on and they just sort of like film the venue? Does my question make sense? Yeah, it does. So the thing is about pinball, there's many, many different formats. So for the next week's big tournament, it's sort of different than your normal monthly or weekly. Most monthly and weeklies, you show up and you don't get to like pick the machine you play. It'll be like you, me, and two other people will be in a group and we'll all be assigned a machine and we all play like sequentially. Like we start a four player game and then everyone's going to play their ball one and everyone's going to play their ball two and then everyone's going to play their ball three and then the scores are what they are and then you finish like first, second, third, or fourth and you probably get some amount of like points and then it's usually like we're going to do six rounds and you'll have like another group the next round or something like that. That's a very common type of format. Another one is like instead of getting points, it will be like the last two people get a strike and the first two people don't get a strike and then you're just trying to avoid getting like three strikes. Those are very common. And then the one, there is uh, one where it's more like a score attack thing where that's what's going on next week where there's like a bank of games and they usually are like, they range in age from like older games all the way to the newer games. And then you'll pick a game and you'll put up a score and then someone else will pick a game and they'll put up a score as well. And then basically at the end of like, I'm going to say like 20 hours, that's over several days, you'll be ranked based on where you got in that game. Like the top score will get like 100 points and the second score will get like 90. The third score will get like 85 and then it goes like 84 there's different scoring systems and then basically you sum up all the points across the bank and then that basically gives you a final ranking and then you get to go to the finals and then finals are a whole nother thing so wait so you you bank the score or do you just keep playing and then you just put up whatever your best score was there's two different types of formats so the one that's going on next week is you get to keep playing as much as you want time allowing but it costs you money for you buy entries and then each entry is like I'm just gonna say like 250 or something like that and so you can keep trying and it just requires your best score. So if I get like 10 million and 100 million, my score on this machine is 100 million. And if you get like 5 million and then 200 million, your score is 200 million and you'll be ranked higher than me on this machine. And then the other way is just that you have a certain amount of time to build up a score. Yeah, it's usually like, usually it's something like we're going to do five rounds of qualifying and then you just get ranked on your finish on that game. Like, let's say we're playing Adam's Family and you finish first, I finish second, you know, Marco finishes third and then uh, Florence finishes fourth and then it'll be usually like seven points for first, five points for second, three points for third, one point for uh, fourth. And then, you know, after five rounds, you'll have a certain number of points and you can be ranked among all the people who came to the tournament. Right. Okay. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, uh, I run a lot of tournaments, so I think it's sort of fun to try to explain it because there's like... So many nuances and other formats, but those are the two main formats I would say that I see a lot. Well, I tell you what I see a lot is cool music. So how about we listen to a song and then we'll uh, we'll keep chatting. I want to listen to this one from Glenn Maine. This is a track called T at Nino Nine. (laughs) 
And that was Tea at Nino 9 by Glenn Main. And we're back here in Andy's Playlist Warehouse listening to cool music and talking to cool people like Binkley, who has just told us that he runs pinball tournaments. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's fun, though. It, it's fun and work. So it, I'm sure it's like, you know, like this podcast. What do you mean when you say run? So there's usually a tournament director. There's like specialized software to run pinball tournaments. You don't need to use it, but it makes it really easy and streamlines the whole process. So I run that. And then I, you know, there's a whole set of rules. There's actually like a sanctioning body and you can run tournaments under this sanctioning body. And if you follow like the rules, you can submit your results. And there's like ranking points and state championships and nationals and worlds and all sorts of stuff. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. But what does it technically mean to run a tournament? Are you the one like getting all the people's names together and saying you play here and you play here yeah are you walking around during the tournament with like a fucking notepad and shit yeah well there's a software that does all that i think back in the day that's probably what they did but yeah there's a software so basically i would at the beginning of the tournament i'm at the front with like my chromebook and being like hey if you're here come uh, sign up for this tournament pay your entry fee and uh, i'll add you to the tournament and then you know after signups end i do like the rules meeting explain what kind of format's going on you know i try to see if anybody's new Sometimes no one's new and then it becomes easier to do the rules. And then, I, you know, we're going to be like, this is what we're going to do. And then round one's going to start soon. And if there's any like raffles or other things. And then usually I also have to tell people that we're streaming. The rig has a mic. So if you're going to discuss some, you know, clandestine stuff, don't be near the rig when you're talking. Has that ever happened? That has happened, actually. I actually had to expunge something uh, a while back, but... That's the only time. It's happened once in like the like years I've been doing this and that person learned a valuable lesson. So So you never get any of those dorks who are like they're playing, but then when they miss, they uh, say like very offensive things because they're upset. (laughs) I haven't, but I've watched streams where people do that. And those people are pretty funny. (laughs) Some people are actually very good, but when they mess up, they like swear or like go crazy. And it's pretty interesting because those people are usually like 40 plus year old men. So it's pretty funny to see them act like kids. Because they really wanted to win. They do. I guess that's it. And then, you know, a lot of it is, you know, I feel like the better players, there's a chance that someone just has like that kind of attitude. But I'm not about that. I'm not that good. I'm pretty mediocre, though. So maybe that's why. Maybe maybe that's why I just don't care enough to be like that. So do you have a you have pinball at your house? I have one pinball. It's a Street Fighter 2. It's like an old Gottlieb machine from the 90s. It's pretty cool. It's got like sound effects. I think a lot of people in the pinball community don't really like it. But you know what? All I'll say is the price was right for me. I bought it really cheap and it really got me through the pandemic because as you can imagine, there weren't a lot of, you know, places open during the pandemic to play pinball. I live in California, so yeah, I played it a lot during the pandemic. I don't think I've ever heard of Street Fighter pinball. Yeah, it's not very popular. I don't know if they made a lot. It's sort of janky. You can look at videos online, but it's a fun game. It's just an old game from the 90s. It's got these weird holes in the play field that like, you shoot into the hole and it does something. It, like, I think they call them like gobble holes. Um, they don't have those in like <laughs> modern pinball anymore. I know. I laugh too. But it's that's literally what they're called. It's a weird game, but it has cool sound effects and the art is really bad. You should actually look at this later and or maybe now if you want to look at like Street Fighter 2 pinball the, the like the art on the pinball machine probably makes you not want to play it. Street Fighter 2 pinball. Let's see this fucker. Yeah, the back glass is uh really bad and I think people like custom replace theirs, but I, I got to leave that stuff up because that's part of the charm. Let's see here. What the fuck? Excess denied. They don't want me seeing this picture close up. <laughs> Well, how about this? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up this picture here, and in the meantime, I oh that is terrible. 
<laughs> there you go. Why does Blanca look like that? Why does everyone look like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly? I like uh, Chun Li's sort of sexy pose she's doing, and she's got a weird face too. Yep. All right, look, I'm going to listen to some music, or we're going to listen to some music, and then we'll keep chatting. This is Tenelock with New Day. And that was New Day by Tenelock. And I'm here right now. This is Andy's Playlist Warehouse. We're listening to cool songs and talking to cool people. And uh, we're talking to Binkley right now, who's uh, running a pinball tournament. And he's got Street Fighter at home. And apparently that uh, Street Fighter pinball machine has gobble holes. So I'm learning about new things today. Yep, all true. And the awful art, too. It's all one package. Yeah, that is really shitty. You know what I wish they could do? Because I've been watching videos lately of the new sort of digital pinball machines with the screens. Mm -hmm. And what I want them to do, Mike, because I was never really huge into pinball, but there was a pinball game I really loved for Turbo Graphics called Devil's Crush. Oh, yeah. And it's like, a, you know, an occult-themed pinball game, and it's got a fucking amazing music. I wish I could have, like, a virtual pinball machine, but then somebody recreates that game, because it's it's totally not designed to be, like, a single board game. Like, because the, in the mm-hmm. game, it would scroll up and down, so it would have to be completely 
like new. I, I wish someone would make that for a virtual pinball machine, make Devil's Crush, but I want it to be exactly the same as the Turbo Graphics one. Like just the same music and everything, but just designed to be played on a single screen. And that's my story for you. No, that would be cool. Have you ever played like Demon's Tilt or what is it, the new one, Xeno Zeno Tilt or Xeno Crush? Demon's Tilt is literally like the spiritual successor, heavily inspired by Demon's Crush. It's a PC game. I think it's on Switch as well. It has a cool synthwave soundtrack and it's like three levels you scroll up and down just like demon's crush and then they made a sequel i think they released it this year so it's the sci-fi version of that game the, yeah because they had one back in the day as well there was there was devil's crush and there was alien crush and it was a similar premise where i think there's like a face in the middle of the screen that you hit mm-hmm. but it's it was a, an alien because in devil's crush it's that woman's face but then it turns into like a lizard but i think i did try to play the new one but i found it to be a little too busy i think there was too many effects happening on the screen and i think i didn't like the size of the board it was sort of like in the center of the screen with like a lot of like points and stuff like in the margins yeah if i remember correctly oh that's right because in, in the old game on devil's crush it fills the screen yeah that's right and so that's what i prefer i don't because even i think the sega genesis also had a version of devil's crush but they did that same thing where like they sort of shrink the game board i don't know what do you what do you call the main play area of a pinball you don't call it the board it's the you? play field the play field okay yeah so they they shrunk the play field on the sega one so it was sort of like the play field sort of to the side of the screen and then to the right it's like you know the points and all that stuff and so yeah i actually do think the turbo graphics one is just better it looked better and the, the music sounded better too yeah that makes sense i th- i wouldn't be surprised though if, if in the virtual pinball world somebody has tried to like recreate it or made something there's all these like pinball machines that are made by fans um my friend basically has a virtual one he said like the harry potter one is amazing it plays clips from the movies when you like plunge it goes into a goblet of fire and mm. i've yet to actually go to his place to check it out but he said it's like one of the most high quality ones for basically for, you know because it's made for free and it's made by fans it's weird like there was this point where i i had no interest in a digital pinball machine and then when I saw some of them being played, I'm like, actually, maybe that would be cool. But I feel like you got to buy a good one because I would want the one that has all the speakers inside. Because if I tried to do it myself, it would literally just be a TV <laughs> laid flat on a yeah. table with two buttons on the side. And I feel like part of the effect, you you want all those speakers in there so you hear the ball. Like, you know, when it hits the top right-hand corner, there's a speaker in the top right-hand corner to really sell the effect. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, uh, I think my friends actually has that weird thing where it like tracks your eyes so when you like move a little bit like the play field will shift so it's like you know real life that's fucking cool he's really into this sort of like stuff like i think he built like a tron arcade machine he built a main cabinet he takes on like these projects for his friends and for himself as well so it's really uh it's really interesting to see some of the stuff he's shown me pictures i've just never been to his place i wish i had that that kind of nerdy know-how even when i try and set up like when i have like a retro pie and go like oh i'll make it like a virtual arcade just getting the front end to work and like finding on these websites go you can use this front end but you got to pay 10 bucks or you got to be a member to fucking arcadesoreus.com and all this other shit. I just want things to work because I have like a, a retro shooter, which is like just a Pandora's box that comes with some guns. And even though technically those Pandora's boxes, people don't love them if you're like hardcore arcade enthusiast because you can't really make the subtle adjustments you would want if you were like a super nerd. For me, I just like when things just plug and play and work. Just, hey man, I didn't have to do a thing. I just fucking stuck an HDMI cable into 
this thing and I'm playing games and I'm not sitting for two days like downloading fucking game artwork and trying to put it in the properly named folder you know like I just I just like when I just turn on a thing and it just works no I'm with you I'm with you on all that I don't have that much know-how which is sort of funny because I own a pinball machine and my repairs my ability to repair my own pinball machine is not that great I need to get better at that and that will also save me a lot of money in the long run is there any way you can repair that artwork (laughs) actually my friend who also has a 3D printer and stuff was saying like people swap out that artwork that's called like the back glass on a pinball machine I've seen alternate back glasses or trans lights on pinball machines so I bet you somebody somewhere has probably made uh, a Street Fighter the movie one that's if that's the only way I would swap it out I'm going to swap it out with something like equally janky I feel yeah Yeah, that makes sense well look I have no proper segue here but we're going to listen to some more music so uh, I got a cool track here from Gem Wave and this one's called Bleeding Out Thank you. 
And that was Gem Wave with the track Bleeding Out. And we're here as Andy's playlist warehouse, listening to cool music and talking about pinball with Binkley. So what else is going on in your life? Is it all pinball all the time? Are you doing anything else cool? <laughs> it seems like it. I try to play some indie video games now and then, but lately it's honestly, it just pinball's been a lot because it seems like all the events sort of like cluster around certain months and now we're like in the big final stretch because this is like the basically big tournament at the uh, place that I help out at and um, it's only once a year and you know everything builds to this so you know we're just sort of like we're basically we're in crunch time because it's next week and there's still a bunch of stuff to be done. Well am I taking you away from serious work right now? No I can get it done. I don't have as big of a role as some other people in terms of the setup but I have a pretty decent role in terms of the actual when the tournament happens because I'm supposed to be streaming parts of it and I'm supposed to be working the tournament software and all this other stuff. Right. And I have to make rulings. This is like a bigger event, so, you know, you hope to get the rulings right because uh, it's it means more. Is there such thing as a lady that plays pinball? Yeah. This place is home to the Orange County Bells and Chimes. It's like a women's league. Hmm. They have chapters all across the country and world. I think two Mondays a week, there are a bunch of ladies here playing uh, pinball and um, we stream it. So, yeah. So where can people see these streams? They can see them at Twitch TV, Pins and Pirates, P-I-N-S-A-N-D-P-I-R. R-A-T-E-S. Pins and Pirates. Yes, that's our stream. And then um, usually it's two Mondays and two Fridays a week for leagues. And there's also like the open league, which is open to anybody. And then usually maybe once a month or once every month, there will be a tournament. The, when I say like there's an open league, that's like for everybody. The tournament next week, there's different divisions. So basically, you know how I said there's like a bank of machines? Mm-hmm. So there's like the main bank, which is a mix of all eras, but there's a special 1990s banks, which is basically all the machines came out in the 90s. And some to some people, those are like the best machines, like Adam's Family. That's a 90s game. And then there's like, quote unquote, classics, which are like older games, I think from like the 80s and before. There's lots of hilarious artwork on some of these older games. There is also a youth division and a women's division. The women's division has its own bank, which is sort of a mix of uh, eras. Just all these pinball games and the artworks, all these buff dudes. Buff dudes and what is it? Hot chicks is what they say and also mustaches lots of mustaches in the 70s artwork <laughs> that's what i noticed there's like a game called future spa it's in the it's in the it's in like you should go google that artwork that artwork on the back is amazing and then like the logo has like a disco ball because it was made in the 70s but it's like the it's the 70s version of the future it's awesome future spa i'm looking at it now the logo actually like scintillates so the <laughs> Why spa? I guess because they thought that it's a cool theme. I don't know. It's the spa of the future. That's a funny picture. They're kind of wearing some sort of spandex outfits, and there's a lady there with the cleavage. Wait a second. Is that a naked lady? Nah, she's probably just very, she's wearing very little clothes, or maybe there's like water splashing on her or something. There's like, it looks like there's a naked lady in the background, and there's like a buff dude sort of underneath. What a funny premise. (laughs) Like, what if, what if? Yeah. Future Spa. They came up with some ridiculous themes back in the day. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. That is very funny. Future Spa. Look at this guy in the corner with these like... The- <laughs> okay, this is horrible podcasting. I'm ex- laughing at a picture. <laughs> Everybody go look at Future Spa. There's like a guy in the corner who's got like some weird glasses headset thing and he's kind of flexing. I think he's lifting weights, but they're like future weights because he's like in sort of a chair. Yep. Unclear if he has legs. Yeah, I think he's like laser. He's like lifting laser weights or something. Um, that guy like reminds me of like... That is what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that guy reminds me of Wolverine when he escapes from the lab because he's wearing the visor and he's just like pretty much naked. That is whack. 
How about that? <laughs> it is. Well, look, we should probably, uh, I got to hang up on you soon. So how about I listen to another song? I, why do I keep on saying me? I'm just like, how about I listen to another song and you just fucking sit there? <laughs> no, how about uh, we all listen to some music and then we'll come back. So I got a cool one here from TLF. This is Reggie's Anthem. was Reggie's Anthem by TLF, and I am here right now with Binkley on Andy's Playlist Warehouse. We're listening to cool songs, and we've been talking all about uh, pinball and pinball tournaments with Binkley. He's out there in Anaheim at the uh, Captain's Arcade Showroom, and uh, there's a tournament about to happen. It's all very exciting, but I'm going to hang up on you now. Do you, do you want to say anything before I let you go? No, I think this has been great. I Thanks for the podcast, and uh, you know, hope that next year also we we have uh, awesome shows. What weird artwork. I'm I'm just like mesmerized by Future Spa. I got to close <laughs> this fucking tab. This is ridiculous. <laughs> 
Well, you got any cool uh, holiday plans or anything like that? Just be spending some time with my family there uh, up north in the Bay Area, so that'll be cool. And uh, that's pretty much it. Well, I hope you have a happy holiday. How about that? Yeah, and I hope you do too, Andy. And uh, thanks for being a cool guy and a cool listener and supporter of the show. And I hope your uh, tournament goes well. This will probably air after the tournament, so I hope it smooth is smooth. What? <laughs> <laughs> all good all good yeah thanks for the podcast I listen to every episode I'm gonna tell people about it because now that I'm on it I'll plug it some more well, I'll be like hey listen to this interview and then hey there's this cool podcast yeah see that's the idea now just to tell a thousand of your friends I keep telling the listeners it's great that you like it now tell one thousand other people and make sure that they actually listen to it or if I can find an oil, an oil baron right that was it that was one of the good occupations right do any oil barons play pinball I wouldn't be surprised because pinball is a very expensive hobby if you want to own machines like we're talking like ten thousand dollars buys you a machine depending on what type of machine so hmm. and some people have like a house full of them well we got to meet that guy and then uh i'm assuming it's a guy and then tell him to give me his money so that's gonna be my mission in the new year all right i'll i'll, uh, I'll look into it too don't worry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well you take care dude will do thank you all right, and that was my chat with Binkley. Cool guy. So we got to talk a lot about video games this episode. You know, we got Star Wars, we got pinball, we got game streaming. What did we talk about with Lucy? Laboratories and assimilation and what <laughs> anyway look okay i gotta go um i don't know what you all are doing on your christmas eve but apparently i am editing this show so here's the deal we got a few more of these coming um so i don't want to disappoint anybody but this year is a little weird and uh, i guess we're not necessarily doing a christmas show or a new year's show because i still have to edit a whole bunch of these things so that's what i'm going to do that's my focus is getting all of these andy's playlist episodes finished in the off chance it is quite possible i will not be able to edit all these before the end of the year however all of these playlist warehouse episodes are technically part of season 11 so if they do go into the first few weeks of january i'm not calling them season 12 season 12 is a fresh start uh like all seasons and uh that's all i know but i'm gonna try my damnedest i bought myself a can of Rockstar Energy Drink, and uh, I guess my Christmas will be <laughs> sitting in front of my computer and editing. And uh, But don't worry, don't feel bad for me, because I'm going to take a very nice break when this is all over, okay? Uh, have a lovely day, I guess Merry Christmas, and uh, keep being cool, and I will uh, talk to you all soon on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.